You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Open Mic. I'm Mike Roach of Horns 247, and each week I'm sitting down with a friend or colleague from the industry to talk about football and recruiting. This week's guest is Gabe Brooks of 247 Sports. Gabe is the Midlands Regional Analyst covering Arkansas, Texas, Oklahoma, and Louisiana. He talks about this Texas class, his pathway to, to his career, and some of the best players he's ever seen at the high school level. So please enjoy this conversation with, with Gabe Brooks. And now joining me on the State of Recruiting's open mic, it is one of my very good friends uh, and a guy who helped me out a lot when I was getting into this business. He is our Midlands Regional Analyst covering Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas, and Louisiana for 24-7 Sports. Carthage's finest, it is the great Gabe Brooks. Gabe, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, man. Good to be with you. Uh, We, uh, you know, you and I have, have... spent a lot of time in press boxes together. We've spent a lot of time uh, on the road seeing, seeing games. And, um, you know, I, I tell people stories about you all the time. So I'm glad we can finally, finally get you on here. Um, let's just start off with, uh, I want to do a little bit on, on, on this Texas class. And then, you know, we'll kind of get into some other things, but um, you know, looking at the Texas class overall, what are your impressions kind of on the top end of that class and, and um, some of the guys they've gotten, you know, from, especially from your neck of the woods out there in Denton? Well, you know, the, the thing that stands out about, you know, guys like Jatavian Sanders and Billy Bowman uh, is they're football players. And I, I think that, I think that a lot of times, you know, sometimes it's, it's people get tired of hearing kind of the cliche almost coach speak like uh, terminology. He was like, oh, he's just a football player. But I think there is something to that too. Um, some guys are track guys. Some guys are basketball players who are trying to play football. And, and then some guys are, are all of the above. And that's like Billy Bowman. He's a football player. He plays multiple sports. He's really good on the track. He has verified sub 11 uh, speed in the hundred meters. And, you know, Tavian Sanders. He's also played some basketball for Ryan. Uh, but when you think about the production he had, especially on defense, while not being uh, like, you, you know, he's not on the field every defensive snap of the game, and he still had the numbers that he had. Uh, I can tell you, just as far as Jatavian is concerned, I went into last year really thinking, well, he's a, he's a solid pass catcher. Um, he's future is definitely on the edge and I do think that he'll be an edge player but what he did last year was show that he is a legitimate high major recruit on the edge and as a flex tight end like he's that good on offense um I want to go away from this 21 class for a minute you're a Carthage guy uh big time 
big time former bulldog. And uh, of course we don't, we're not really supposed to root for anybody in the, in the media, but um, you're always there to see the dogs when they're playing. Texas has Keontae Ingram already on campus. Uh, Calvante Dixon coming in this year. Just give us, uh, I mean, you, you saw both those guys basically from the time they entered high school all the way through. Um, can you just talk a little bit in depth about, you know, what, what you love so much about both those guys as players and, and people? The things that they share, the traits that they share are um, they're both really long framed angular kind of uh, athletes and, uh, they grew a lot in high school, especially Kilvante. I remember I met Kilvante, uh, I believe in May of his freshman year was the first time I talked to him. And he was 5'8", 150. And, you know, now he's he's going to go to Texas. It's six feet, 175, 180-ish. Um, you know, Keontae, uh, it's funny. I remember talking to him his junior year. And he was 180, 185, and I told him, "Man, you're you're so long. You're gonna you're gonna be playing at 220, 225 in college." And he's like, "Man, you're crazy." I was like, "No, I'm, I guarantee you, you were gonna get that big because you have the frame for it." And sure enough, you know, he's in that range now. Um, another thing that they share is they are both very good, um, short area lateral quickness and agility um they were both uh three sport athletes basketball and, and track and field um that's something i really like about Kelvantes. he's 10 7 1 in the 100 meters and a, a almost a 48 foot triple jumper um something i tell people all the time is about him is that he plays fast i don't think he plays as fast as the 10 7 1 suggests but I also don't think he's done growing, and I think he will grow into that speed. I think that his fastest playing days are ahead of him. Um, as far as uh, Keontae, he's so unique because, you know, Kelvante's he's an athlete, uh, receiver type. You can move around. You can put him in the backfield time and time. But Keontae is so unique because he was a, a running back who had that long frame but was also – so good in the in the start stop and the the hesitation uh the agility standpoint of of getting uh so many yards after not necessarily contact but you know after the first encounter so to speak uh and that was really his bread and butter and and what you see when those guys get in the open field is a long stride and and pretty serious top end speed especially relative to high school defenders um you know, there was a – you and I talked about last last year, there was some, some sort of – I don't know, just kind of a lack of excitement, I think, over a player like Kelvante. And I wonder if it's because he was Keontae's brother and everybody just kind of thought he's a legacy take and all those things. If Do you think, like, if he'd have had his same athletic profile but just a different name and different relations, maybe there would have been a little more juice around him? I think that that's possible. I, I also think that position may have something to do with it. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I still think that there's kind of a, a glamour view from, from the point of a lot of fans of the running back position and understandably so, especially in college. But um, I, I think it's, 
I think it may be a little easier for fans to get really fired up about a running back than about a receiver just because of how many more receivers you're going to have than running backs. And it's not like you're not going to have, you know, one or two backs, but chances are there's not going to be a ton of guys getting snaps at running back relative to how many are getting snaps at receiver. So I kind of think part of that may be, you know, well, this is just another guy. He's a four-star, but he's just another guy. Whereas as a running back, it's like, well, this guy's going to be being literally handed the ball double-digit times a game. Um, You cover Louisiana for us, do a great job out there. Texas has one Louisiana prospect in the class in Casey Kane. Um, You know, I think when he was a take, there were a lot of people asking, you know, what the deal Texas was taking a guy like that this early. If you're giving us the optimist view of Casey Kane, what do you think he can be at his best? Well, he's he's pretty big. He's not huge, but he's big. I think he's 6'2 plus. Um, he's good when the ball is in the air. He is good in traffic. Um, he, but, you know, that should give him a pretty good, uh, pretty high ceiling as a red zone target. Um, it never hurts to have, you know, it never hurts to have a ball winner on the outside. And that's kind of what he is, is a, a, a ball winner, uh, against smaller DBs in those contested situations. Um, I, I think that, you know, he, he's not slow by any means. He's just not as fast as some of the other guys that you see. And I think that, uh, a lot of times the kids with the, the frame, the kind of frame he had, or he has, he's probably going to get faster. Um, I mean, he will definitely get faster going to a college strength and conditioning program, but he'll get faster relative to his competition probably too because he's going to grow into that speed because he's so tall. One of the things about you that I I don't think a lot of people know is that, yeah, you you can focus on the big dogs in state, but you really like to dig into kind of the lesser known guys. And so that often puts you on the forefront when these guys emerge and two guys that you've been talking about for a long time um, that are emerging is, is one just got a Texas offer one, maybe likely uh, Albert Regis uh, from Laporte and and Ezra Oyatati from uh, Lakeview Centennial. Um, you know, Texas just offered Regis. Seems like they may be close on Ezra. What are your, you know, what are your just your overall thoughts? What, what, what do you love about those guys? Well, Regis is really intriguing because he's predominantly played tight end. Um, I think he played his junior year in the two sixties, and I mean, if you see him on tape, like you're like, wow, that guy. He's going. Not only is he a blocker, but like he's going out on downfield routes, catching passes run-after-catch situations, um, really big and well-built and athletic. Uh, it's really – he's a really unique prospect. He's somebody that, um, you know, I think that he is a perfect fit for, you know, a four-man front where he's going to be asked to play one gap, play like a, a penetrating three-tech type of player because um, he's so functionally athletic on the field. Um and, you know, uh, Ezra at Lakeview, he's real quick. You know, what you want to see in a center or a guard-to-guard pro- uh, prospect is, is, you know, initial quickness and explosion, some violence at the point of attack, um, and he's got all that. And, you know, you, you look around at stuff on some of these guys to get more context, and that includes even, you know, when you see somebody 
tweet a video on Twitter of him of himself dunking, which <laughs> Ezra has done, and you see he's six three, two eighty five, or whatever he is, and he's dunking a basketball. I mean that you know that that doesn't automatically mean he should just skyrocket the rankings, but it's a nice uh, you know data point to add to everything else that you know about him. Um, well, cool. Thanks for thanks for giving us that overview of the Texas class. Now we're going to get into a little more of what Open Mic is about and kind of talk about you a little bit. So, you, um, if if listeners last week heard, we had the great Craig Boy on, um, who uh, was talked about the greatness of the North Texas uh, radio and film uh, program. And um, I think that people in this area would also uh, echo that. North Texas has done a lot with their journalism program and a lot of the guys in this area that have gone on to great things have come out of that program. Uh, Gabe is one of them. So Gabe, uh, just kind of tell us about your interest. I mean, did you grow up wanting to, to do this, to be in sports writing or, you know, how'd you get into it? So it's funny because I, I have wanted to write about sports since I was probably eighth grade. Um, that. Junior high was around the time that I realized I was not going to play in the NBA. And uh, <laughs> I, kinda, <laughs> I figured, yeah, I better, I better find something else to do. Um, so my, both of my parents are, are educators. Uh, my dad's been a, a English instructor at Panola College in Carthage for 35 years. Um, Brit lit and, and English composition. And my mom taught Carthage ISD for 20 years and is now one of the deans at Panola. Um, and they were both English majors in college. My mom was English and elementary ed double major. So I have a ton of, uh, and my brother, Adrian, my younger brother was, has a, a degree, an English degree from North Texas. So, um, my, you know, everything I wrote growing up was just completely torn apart because I had these two parents that knew how to write. And so I decided, well, I'll write about sports. And it just kind of, I mean, it started from there. And I, you know, did the yearbook thing in high school. And then uh, when I, I did my first couple of years worth at Panola, and I was a stringer for the Shreveport Times, um, first football game I ever covered was uh, they, they threw me in the fire because they sent me to Longview and I covered Longview and Evangel. And Longview had Malcolm Kelly and Evangel had Jacob Hester and John David Booty and all these other guys. And um, from there, I you know transferred to North Texas and covered the football team in 03 and 04. You know, 03 was a, a nine and four team. Patrick Cobbs led the country in rushing and Oh, four was Jamario Thomas leading the country in rushing. And, you know, one of the cool things about that is one of my, my best buddies from college, uh, one Stephen Howard is, uh, you know, he's an associate director of athletic communications at Oklahoma state now. And, uh, another really close buddy, Jeff Andrews is a data journalist at, uh, curbed, which is under the Vox brand. And, uh, the three of us were all, that was the sports staff on the, on the North Texas daily when I was there. So it, we have gone on to remain in media of Steven on the, on the PR side of it, but it, you know, you know, like you alluded, uh, 
be working on that student paper was the best experience to get ready for actually being in a career in sports journalism. So you, I mean, when you were coming out of Panola, was it North Texas no brainer? Like were you zeroed in? Were there other schools you were considering or did you kind of have a great idea? Well, you know, a lot of it was um, affordability. Right. (laughs) To be honest. I mean, I, I, I was, you know, like the, the big, I had a lot of friends who went to A&M and I couldn't really consider A&M at the time because they didn't have journalism and I wanted to major in journalism. A lot of my best buddies from Kyle or from high school uh, went to A&M. Um, so I looked at Texas cause I knew that they had journalism, but I just, from a, a cost standpoint, UNT at the time was more realistic for what we were willing to stomach and so I went to I chose North Texas and I do not regret it at all you know I you know I I live I when I got the chance to move back to Denton I took it and I've lived here for six years now and my fiance went to North Texas and has a uh, an undergrad and a graduate degree from North Texas so we're we really like uh, we live downtown Denton just a couple blocks off the square so uh, it, it, I think it probably worked out for the best that I wound up there. Go mean green for sure. Um, you and I, we didn't know each other, but I used to party at North Texas all the time. Uh, <laughs> and we're about the same age. So I was at all of those football games. I was oh, yeah. probably way more inebriated than you were at any of those games <laughs> since you were, since you were working, but, uh, yeah, I was up in the press box. So I was getting the free out back from the, from the press box. But I think you and I have talked about the legendary homecoming performance of Booger Kennedy against Utah State a couple times where I oh, yeah. oh, I, hard, yeah, I can hardly remember that day. But um, <laughs> and, and me used to tell girls at parties that I was uh, Brad Cadillabar, the, the North Texas punter. <laughs> uh, after that, you went to, I think, I think I've got your career path memorized. I think you went to the Longview paper at that point, right? Yeah, so my first job out of college was Longview News Journal, and I was actually there almost seven years. Um, the The first season that I got to cover out of out of college was the fall of '05, uh, and I I covered a Tatum team in the playoffs that had eight or nine FBS players: um, Lennon Creer, Denarius Moore, who played for the Raiders. Um, Bryce Bell, I think is Houston's uh, career rushing touchdowns leader. Dalen McCoy uh, was a linebacker for him that played safety at ULL, who to this day is one of the best high school players I've ever seen. Um, So that was the, that was cool. They they played, you know, they beat a Hutto team in the state title that had Jeremy Curley played at TCU and played the NFL. So that was kind of my introduction to, to covering, high school sports in in my home region. And so I was there for, I think it was six years and 10 months. And then I was picked to, I was handpicked by a buddy of mine who at the time worked at the Tyler paper named Chase Colston, uh, who still works for town square media, which is a national radio corporation that uh, launched what was East Texas sports network ETSN. And I was one of the guys who launched that. And I was there for less than two years when, um, scout approached me about 
working for them because I had done a, as, as part of my transition from the Longview paper to ETSN, I started doing a ton of, of recruiting oriented stuff. I, I wrote, you know, the first recruiting stories on Patrick Mahomes and Dalen Mack and Jamichael Hasty. Um, you can go down a list of guys from that region. Um, and so Scout hired me and then, you know, 24-7 sports acquired Scout in 2017. And I was fortunate enough to have a spot with them. And here I am today with still with 24-7. And you get to argue with me daily about rankings and stuff. <laughs> um, I want to I want to talk a little bit about uh, just, I mean, what was your – you are the arbiter of what is East Texas and what isn't in my mind. Um, and we had this argument on Twitter the other day, and I clued you in on it, but I need your official answer for the podcast. When Vider became the uh, the the central ground of, of some protests and there was a lot of surprise because of Vider's history with race, um, it was called an East Texas town. And I just said it's not East Texas – um and and eventually that incurred a large argument on twitter um you're the arbiter of what is and what isn't east texas in my mind so what is uh where does vider fall so i mean if, if you're looking on a map and you're not familiar with the labels of east texas and southeast texas uh, you're gonna say that yeah vider's in east texas but for people who are from these regions Nobody in Southeast Texas is going to say Vider is in East Texas and nobody from East Texas is going to say, say that either. Um, I, you know, I think it's probably an argument in semantics, but uh, yeah, I'm, I get in trouble with a lot of folks <laughs> I know from, you know, Smith County and Van Zant County, you know, Tyler Canton, that area, because where I grew up, that was, you know, that is East Texas, but that's, way out there and the the I remember when I moved from uh, Carthage to Denton for college you know I, people were always talking to me about my accent because there's so many you know UNT is a huge school and there's a ton of uh, metro area kids go there so the accents are not quite as prevalent and I remember people asking me where I was from and I'd say East Texas is like you don't know where it is trust me and they'd say, oh, you mean like Terrell? I was like, no, <laughs> uh, like another two and a half hours, um, uh, almost Louisiana. Like, have you ever heard of Shreveport? And they're like, I, I think I've heard of that because there's casinos. Like that was always the, the landmark that people would remember. But, uh, I, you know, I think, I think once you get west of Canton, you're out of East Texas, like Canton's kind of, the gateway. Um, they, I, I, the Trinity river has a lot to do with it. Once you get farther South, um, like Palestine is East Texas and Crockett is East Texas, but Buffalo and Madisonville are not. And those are, you come out when you're going from East to West, when you leave Palestine and go to Buffalo, you're starting to come out of the woods. And when you're leaving Crockett going to Madisonville, you're starting to come out of the woods. Um, and I think you crossed the Trinity in both of those cases. I, if I have it right, I can't remember. It's been a while, but uh, that's the stuff that I always end up arguing with people about. And, you know, I always tell them like the highway 59 corridor, that's the, 
from Lufkin to Texarkana. Like if you want to know what East Texas is, that's East Texas. That's the heart. Yeah. Uh, I, so good. My family in Canton will be happy to know that they're still technically in East Texas. Um, before we get out of here, we're going to do what we, uh, well, two questions we always do um, on this show. First, uh, I know what you've been up to during the cord, uh, during the quarantine, um, mainly cooking. You and I have been sending dinners or pictures of our dinners back and forth to each other. Um, but kind of tell everybody what, uh, you know, what you've been getting into while you've been trapped at home. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of cooking. Um, I've been trying to uh, find time to read. And I, I read really slow. Like when I read book, not articles and stuff, but I read, uh, when I'm reading a book, I read it really slow and it kind of, stunts my desire to read even though I want to read so I've been trying to do be a little better at that um I've, I have a subscription to New York Times so I've been reading it a ton lately I've been as you know I've been hyper uh dialed in to, yeah. pan, to pandemic news you're my you're my pandemic like so like I just go to you and be like what's what's really going on Gabe I think I mean I think part of it is because I started reading about it like the first week of January and when it was just emerging in China and I've been keeping up with it ever since. So it's kind of surreal to, I got to give you credit. I got to give you credit in like February, you texted our group text. and was like, this thing's going to get ugly. And we were all just kind of like, nah, man, it's all good. It's just like the flu. And then <laughs> fast forward a couple of weeks and we're all locked in the house with masks and stuff. Yeah. It's uh it's a weird time. It's very weird. And you know, the, the thing that sucks for us is that we were supposed to get married April yeah. 10th. Um, you know, April 10th, we were supposed to get married and we've had to postpone that. We delayed it till July and we kind of decided that's still too soon. And so we're at some point in the fall, which, you know, everybody, every football writer in the world knows you never have a fall wedding, but right. um, I think a pandemic has dictated that, you know, things change. So we'll have like a, a small private thing in the fall. And then whenever the time comes that we can have the big party, we're going to have the big party, uh, whether that's next spring or next summer or whenever. So that's what we've decided. Yeah, for sure. Um, our last question before we get out of here, and I know you can list a million of them, but just, I mean, as many as you want to list, tell me, but who are, who are the best players you ever saw? Uh, you know, I, I think of it by like positions, you know, quarterbacks at the high school level, it's really hard to pick against. And, and when I say guys I saw, I, I don't really want to, it's hard for me to count like all American bowl week as guys right, right, right. cuz it's just there's it's in such a vacuum because like the best the best high school receiver that I think I've seen in person is Amon Ra St. Brown at USC yeah. cuz I saw him during all American bowl week. Um the best receiver I've seen in a game is Terrace Marshall uh at LSU. Um, I saw him put, I think, eight for 232 and three or four touchdowns on Lufkin one year at the Battle on the Border uh, in Shreveport. Um, Kyler Murray and Patrick Mahomes would have to be the quarterbacks. Um, Let me ask about Mahomes real quick, because 
we had your former coworker Greg Powers on this podcast weeks ago, and he talked about. Um, I asked him, you know, what was one of those rankings decisions? Maybe you went out on a limb on, and and really, you know, you felt like you were rewarded. And he's, I believe, he said that Scout was the only one that had Mahomes as a four star. What do you think everybody missed with him coming out of high school? Uh, I, you know, I think I think a lot of it, a lot of the hesitancy was that people were kind of convinced he was going to go baseball, like if he had the opportunity. And I think, you know, in his junior year, like when he really – because he didn't start at quarterback till his junior year. Um, he was a – it was a safety as a sophomore because the guy that was ahead of him was a really good quarterback and then went on to, I think, put up numbers at SFA. But uh, he had that breakout year his junior year. And I think everybody was still, well, his dad was a major leaguer for more than a decade, and baseball is his first sport. He's going to wind up baseball. But it, when, it, when it got through his the spring of his junior year, like through his junior baseball season, I think that's when I started hearing, like, well, he really wants to do football. And I remember his dad told it. Like, his dad told told me and my – and former turned once again co-worker Clint Buckley who works on our national desk at 24 seven mm-hmm. I remember his dad telling us like listen the football thing is for real like if he has the chance to do it he's gonna do it and so by the time his, his senior year started I was already thinking I you know I think he's gonna be he's gonna do both sports if he can but if he has to pick one I he might pick football and I think it was still the general perception was, well, this is a baseball guy. And I think that that may, from afar, that may have been a reason for, uh, you know, and I also think that his playing style, I mean, like you got to remember that was the, you know, 2013, 2014 back in, back then. And like he, he would take chances with throws and he is very unconventional and, you know, his, his arm angles are all over the place. And I think at that time, it was those were ways for people to view him as high risk when in reality, those are all the reasons he's the NFL MVP. Right. That was – and see, I, I always tell people the story. So, as you know, I'm a Bills fan. Buffalo actually traded the pick that, that uh, Kansas City picked him with. And I was – extremely relieved because I didn't think he'd be anything coming out of college. I just, you know, all those things that you just mentioned, I was like, it's too unconventional for the NFL. And I really hadn't learned yet that the NFL was still was playing catch up to what college was doing and not the other way around. And um, man, that's probably one of the worst calls I've ever made in my life. <laughs> well, you know, the, the thing is, is that you know, I, don't, I don't pretend to be a quarterback guru by any means. Um, but I do think that there's something I, there's something about that position where the intangibles matter more than any other position. And Patrick Mahomes, whether it was football or basketball or baseball, that is the most competitive high school athlete I probably have ever seen. I mean, the and, and the type of competitive that was um, – I mean, he was fiery and loud and outspoken, but it was – all positive like it was he was like his teammates would do you know anything for him it was always positive 
even when he was mad, he would convey it in a positive way. And uh, I mean, it was just somebody that the whole program rallied around. And I mean, that's why they had their White House had its best year um, in school history, his senior year. And they were a playoff team in basketball. I think they went to the, the, maybe the, the, the state tournament in baseball, the final four, if I remember right. But uh, I mean, he, he's up, he's, you know, he and Kyler Murray, as far as the quarterback, those are the best high school quarterbacks I have covered. Um, if you're going to talk running backs, you're going to have, you know, there's, there's a guy that East Texas people remember from 2008 at Carthage named Dwight Smith. The goat. Who, he is, I mean, you know, call me a homer if you want, but listen, that guy is as good a running back as I have covered. No, now you'll remember I asked you a ton of questions about Dwight Smith when I found out you were from Carthage because I remember seeing him in high school and being obsessed with him. Like he was, he was every bit as good. It was just grades, right? Like he just didn't have grades. Yeah, it was grades. And, you know, he, he got to TCU eventually and then he got hurt in the spring game. He had like eight carries for 56 yards in their spring game and got hurt, hurt his knee in that spring game. And it just kind of never, never got back on track. But, you know, he, he is, he was unbelievable. Um, and, you know, he's really the, the main thing that, there, there's this there's this legend of him at a because he played his junior year in California and there's this legend of him running a like a hand timed four three nine at a USC like camp like that, that like in June or something before he moved back to Carthage for his senior year um, but he yeah he's as dominant a high school running back as I've gotten to cover. Uh, and I've seen some pretty good ones. And he, I mean, he was just, yeah, I saw Ronald Jones um, and he was really good, but you know, I would take Dwight Smith up against just about any of them, the running back spot. Yeah. What about a uh, defensive side of the ball? What guys stand out to you over there? Uh, defense. I kind of mentioned one while ago, Dalen McCoy, who was a linebacker at Tatum on that 2005 state championship team. He played safety at ULL but he is one of the best high school football players I have ever seen. Um, you know, not somebody that you're going to put like, you know, if you reevaluated him or whatever, he may not be like a top 200 four-star guy, but just an absolutely dominant high school player and probably would be ranked higher in today's game because he was an undersized linebacker who had to transition to safety. And he would be the type of guy you could play – as a true offline in space linebacker now, but he played both, you know, he played running back, played linebacker. I remember they, they played Canton uh, when Canton had GJ Kenny and I think Canton was undefeated and Tatum was too. And it was this huge showdown at Rose stadium and Tyler and Tatum really got after him. And, you know, when the, sealing the game in the second half. I remember McCoy picked one off like around the 45, I think. And he's running back down the field. And he is like, you can tell he is looking for Canton players to run over. Like he's (laughs) looking or as he crosses like the 20, he starts slowing down and starts veering toward Canton players. And all of them have kind of just 
giving up on the play, and he just kind of jogs into the end zone. But um, he's up there on defense. Um, you know, Justin Matabike was really good. Uh, the couple times I got to see him in person. Um, I saw John Tyler knock them out of the playoffs when they had – I think he was a junior and Ronald Jones was a senior. I mean, I think that's right. But um, Matabike was – I mean, he had like ten tackles and three or four sacks. I mean, he, he did whatever he wanted in that game. And I remember looking up the stats after, and they didn't credit him with everything he had because I remember filming the game. It was at Apogee Stadium. Um, and, and I, I shot highlights of him and I was like, he had at least three sacks because I got it here on tape. Um, he was really, really good. Uh, Dalen Mack was an incredible, just dominant force for Gladewater. Um, you know, played running back in short yardage situations. Um, I'm trying to think I'm on the spot now I'm, I'm going blank on guys. Um. Isaiah Golden was one that was at Carthage, Elysian Fields in Carthage's senior year, who was really good. Um, I'm going through the name. I'm trying to think of some DBs that were – Chris Boyd um, is another one who is, you know, as far as just a high school football player. Uh, you know, I never really – I know he's in the NFL as a corner – I never really viewed him as a corner because I saw so much of him as uh, as an athlete. I mean, as somebody you could just do anything you you know he could play just about any position that you wanted him to play. Um, he's one that comes to mind in that sense. Um, I mean, that kind of gives you an idea. You know, as when you grow up in East Texas in the '90s, David Warren that played at John Tyler and then went to Florida State. He's kind of a legendary name. Um, Traven Howard from Longview, he was one who didn't have anything. I think UTSA was his only offer until TCU came in late. And I remember I saw him, I think it was the fall of 12 or fall of 13. It was one of my years at ETSN. I was like, man, this guy's the best player on the field. Uh, And, you know, I think he's TCU's all-time tackles leader. Um, yeah, he's really, really, really good too. And, you know, getting to see, getting to see Louisiana the last few years has really expanded some of the really high end guys I've gotten to watch. And, you know, Terrace Marshall is just, it'll be interesting to see how healthy he is this year. Cause he had a good year last year, but, um, he, from just, domination standpoint i i have not seen many receivers do what i i saw him do we were at that battle on the border that was we were both there um they played lufkin in that game right uh yeah at Shreveport. yeah they it was, they beat them 60 something to 50 something i yeah. think and it was you know what we actually weren't at that game i was there with ej on a trip and we left to go watch some boxing match on pay-per-view that ej wanted to see for that game and because he was like we don't have anybody to talk to in this game and then i looked on twitter and i'm like this game looks like it's an all-timer it was it was a pretty amazing game and i believe lufkin had kiki qt on that team yeah yeah Um, they did bronson Bronson massey who played d end at k-state so there were there was a lot of players in that game yeah, for sure. Well, Gabe, we appreciate you taking some time out of your day, man. Uh, I, I know you're a busy man, so uh, it means a lot. You could take some time out to join me on the pod. 
For sure. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, we appreciate you coming by, and we'll talk to you again probably in the fall. Thank you for listening to another episode of the State of Recruiting's Open Mic. As a reminder, you can find the show on any major podcast platform, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere else you can get your podcasts. We would also like to ask that you go to any of those podcast platforms and subscribe, rate, and review our podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Turns with new episodes on Paramount Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.